If you're looking for success, it's in the details. Small hinges move big doors. And now your host, Karen Allen. Hey friends. So today I have a very special guest, someone who I have known over the past few years and we have grown together and I am in awe of her success as uh, as a person, as a professional, as a mama, like Lauren Hodges is one of my favorite people in the entire world. She is a performance consultant and coach and keynote speaker. She is all in the space of energy management. So trust me when I say you are going to want to grab a notebook for this because Lauren is about to drop some gems. Lauren, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. How are you, friend? I am good, Karen. I love seeing your face. This is so good. I love that the audience is going to get a little taste of how we like normally nerd out together. <laughs> it's going to be so, so good. One of the things that um, I think we should jump into first is talking about like what it means to be a performance consultant, being in this energy management space. You know, I remember growing up and I've never heard of a lot of the titles that my friends have right now. And I'm like, man, I wish I had known about this. So how did you even end up, you know, taking your career in this direction? You know, it's funny you asked that question because just this morning I was reflecting back on this um, just because I delivered a program yesterday with one of my amazing clients, Estee Lauder Companies. And they have a long-standing history with um, kind of my mentor in the industry, Dr. Jim Lair. And I just started thinking about, my gosh, like the way, the direction my life changed and shifted when I met him and what he was doing over at the Human Performance um, Institute, Johnson & Johnson Human Performance Institute, even before it was Johnson & Johnson. And so, I mean, that's really I'm back in way up here where I started to shift my career from a focus on learning and then separately on fitness into this world of a new definition of performance that I wasn't, I I hadn't been privy to before. And so that's really where the origin of my career started is Mm -hmm. when I was, gosh, like just graduating with my doctorate, teaching at UCF in Orlando, go Knights. And owned a couple of <laughs> fitness boot camps on the side, you know, having having my babies, and then um, at a, as a, a chance meeting a, a good friend of mine, Greg Lieberman, who worked at Human Performance Institute, said, you know, you should really come and sit in on this program called Corporate Athlete, and uh, which was created by Dr. Jim Lair and Dr. Jack Grapple, the the founders of HPI, and I went into that program and my entire life shifted when I walked out of it after two and a half days. And I thought this is where I need to be. And I had been just really feeling a little bit like I was out of alignment with what I was going to do with my life. And so the, the timing was wonderful. And it was a whole new definition of performance for me and a whole new world of research that I didn't know was out there. So I dove headfirst into it and you know, fast forward, um, gosh, 10, 15 years later, here I am kind of steeped in it. So really thankful for that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So I was fortunate enough to have the same experience of going to HPI and going through their two and a half day Mm -hmm. workshop of corporate athlete. Um, it was 
an amazing experience. Thank you to Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe and her entire conference around Know Your Value because I was one of the panelists able to um, pitch and, and share my value. But, you know, it was so much more than that. It wasn't like a pitch competition. It was a transformational experience because leading up to the pitch, we went to HPI. Mm. And I remember sitting through that experience and just feeling like a whole new world was unlocked. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I think as humans, we know how that we innate, like we innately know we need to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But like you said, to discover actual tools that are scientifically and research based, like that show how we can optimize our mind, our body, our energy, Mm -hmm. it completely changed everything that my life touches Mm -hmm. every single aspect of my life changed through that experience i Mm -hmm. can see why you're like oh i got i gotta do more of this i need to be fully immersed yes and i mean i just think of you know all of my great friends in this industry now how we've all just gone a million different ways all of it originated with that institute so major head nod to dr dr lair and dr grapple i mean what they have created and, and a lot of people don't realize this, they, they truly were the proverbial fathers of corporate wellness as we know mm-hmm. it today. The, what mm-hmm. they were doing, the studies they were conducting back in the 80s on this idea of performance and energy, I mean, <laughs> completely shifted that entire field. And I, I don't think, a, I wish more people knew just where everything originated. So I know that's yeah. not really, we're not focused on them, but I just, it's, a, it's, very humbling to think of how many people's lives have been impacted professionally and personally by them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, to your point, at a time where we weren't having these conversations and, you know, these conversations are really new about like, okay, how do we take care of our brain? Mm -hmm. How do we train our mind? How do we get the best out of ourselves? Because society for so long has just kind of given us these boxes to check, you know? go to school, marry this person, <laughs> live life on autopilot, right? A little bit of the, the status quo Kool-Aid, if you will. And, and But what this is doing is it's really unleashing what I already know we have. And I think this is what people are learning. It's like this limitless, pos- the, the limitless possibilities within us as humans. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get one tracked very quick. But I think what is one of the coolest things about this you came from a fitness background mm-hmm. and you latched onto this, right? I was an athlete growing up mm-hmm. and I latched onto this. And I think there is something to be said about if you were an athlete or if you were into physical wellness, we'll say, being able to adopt some of the same practices that help our body function at the optimal space and using those practices in the mind. And now mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, we've had access to this knowledge and that's why we're part of this army trying to get it to the rest of the world. <laughs> But what do you think are, what was one of the biggest things that you adopted early on from, oh, this worked in the fitness space. Now let me take this into the mental space. Yeah, I think that it was a big awakening for me coming from that athletic fitness background. You know, I was, I played volleyball my whole life then I shifted into triathlons and competing pretty competitively in that space for a little while. And you know, like I said, I mean, I kind of hustled on the side with the boot camps and fitness and paying my way through graduate school. All of that to say that my thinking about performance was really linear. 
Mm. I thought if I put this effort in on the bike, on the run, on the swim, in the weight room, then I will get an output that increases my performance potential. When I came across this research, I started to realize that there were so many other variables. Everybody knows this now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago, we didn't necessarily, it was, it was to me, it was very new that we're st- and for a lot of listeners this is going to be new too so exactly. don't hold back <laughs> this is true yes yeah you're right you got to check me on that but we are multidimensional. you know we we draw our ability to perform at a high potential whether it's in sport business life you know just anything from these different you know um reservoirs if you will like of, of energy yeah. and, and 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 performance and so what, what really I started to really latch on to, like, for example, Dr. Lair's mental toughness training, you know, I realized that my thoughts, my emotions, my awareness of them, my sleep, the way that I fueled my body with nutritious food, the way that I managed my mental clutter during the day. And mo- most importantly, I think, um, is the, my grounding in some sort of larger purpose than that yes. one race I was training for all of that influenced my ability to show up as an athlete. And then I started to also just broaden that, that thinking from linear to just really, really kind of multidimensional, I guess, of, wow, you know, our ability to show up at our best is, is influenced by so many other variables and, and, um, and each influences the other, which is also really important, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, it, it's a conversation that I will have with anyone, anytime on the street. Like, <laughs> I just love sharing that message with, with people, with employees, uh, it, you know, with, and you and I just, we talk about this all the time, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it brings me so much joy and, and renewed energy every time that I think about that shift in my mindset so long ago. Yes, yes. And the mindset is the first thing that needs to shift because then that's where all of the changes, the output of changes will come. Your habits, you know, the the even the healthy boundaries that you may create within relationships, mm-hmm. maybe the environment, the job that you're in, it all starts with this awareness. And one of the biggest aha moments that I had, and I'd be curious to hear if you had one as well, mm-hmm. was um was around pacing myself throughout the day. Mm. And so I remember like they were drawing out, when do you wake up, you know, about how long until you eat? And there were certain things that they built into the flow of our day that I think we just take for granted. Like, yeah, we should eat at certain times because if you have a snack, it's only going to last about an hour and a half. But Mm -hmm. if you have a full meal that could last maybe three hours. And so at this time I was, you know, very early on still in my grief journey. So I was kind of living in this absent minded way. So when they gave me a tool and they showed me listen, you're already eating, just build it in at certain times. And that's going to create sustainable energy. That was a game changer, like especially Mm -hmm. because of the grief, but also because now I was a single parent and I had a tool that could show me like one of many, but this was like a really big one, how I can make sure that I'm showing up as my best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yes, I had a similar experience in in the sense that you and, and again, we, we talk about this, we sidebar on this all the time, but we both had an experience of moving from a place of being reactive and life happening to us and our day happening to us to a place of being intentional and responsive, which to your point, it, it requires a bit of a mindset shift 
uh, an aha moment, you know, and I think you're touching on this idea of oscillation through your day where we should get up front and upstream and, and be intentional about creating, you know, periods of, of work and followed by periods of stopping and connecting and shifting, recovering, whatever it looks like for you. Like you said, healthy snack for me, um, the game changer for me was stopping to reconnect with myself in the moment, mm. because I think that I spend a majority of my day in the future at 150 miles an hour. What's the next step? What's the next thing on my to-do list? And so the, the simply just creating and carving and protecting the time for pause to decide what I needed was the real game changer for me, one of many game changers for me going through a program like that and then really steeping myself in the research afterward because I did very, I was very lucky, but I got to come on board eventually with Johnson and Johnson and, and at the Human Performance Institute and help renovate that course. So I really got to dive into and fully immerse myself in all of that research. And that's really when I started to um, not just go from insight, like, wow, that was a good idea, but really, really starting to put this into daily practice in my everyday life and starting to live it as much as I admired it, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because we're, we're coaches mm -hmm. and we help people through all of their stuff, <laughs> but we have our stuff too. Right. <laughs> and like you said, like we have, we even have to, I don't know, uh, about you, I know I definitely do this and I'm, I'm sure that you do, but like I'm coaching myself constantly, <laughs> you know, like I have to live what I'm learning and, and this wonderful thing that I read last week. Okay. How do I apply that? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, honestly, it's a privilege to be able to do work that we love mm -hmm. and I don't take that for granted. Um, but there are people who maybe in similar circumstances like you and I, they're juggling a lot. You know, you manage multiple businesses mm -hmm. and you're a speaker and you're a mama, you know, you have a lot going on, but you just said that you have carved out time for yourself. And listen, we're not perfect. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Lauren and I go for imperfect balance. Oh, no. We're not yes. looking for perfect balance, <laughs> but, but to those people who maybe have not gotten to that point yet, what are some of those small lifts that you would advise they start to practice? Because Again, it's kind of a lot to go from, yeah, I, I am forward thinking, I am a go-getter to, wait, I need to add a pause to my day? I don't mm -hmm. even know where to fit that in. <laughs> what would you say to that beautiful human? I would say to start small, too small to fail. You know, take one day of the week and take a time that already you may have a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of flex, and just carve and protect that time. Make it super visible to you and everyone else. It's on your calendar. You have pings, notifications. I mean, the whole world should go off as a glaring alarm for you, you know, when that moment in your day comes up just so that you don't miss it or ignore it or swipe it off or, you know what I mean? Um, just start with that one day. And it doesn't have to be Karen's healthy nutrition snack. It doesn't have to be Lauren's, you know, meditation. It, it needs to be what works for you. And, and that might shift day to day because our lives shift day to day and what we need shifts day to day. And so if you're carving and protecting one tiny boundary, just a few minutes and just pausing, it's, it's this gift of pause. You can just, just give yourself that what starts to happen. And I tell my clients this all the time, you start to not push toward that habit, but once it really becomes a habit, you start to get pulled 
toward it. That's a good litmus test for whether or not you're ready to add another day is I'm being drawn. I can't, I can't wait for this. It's not effortful for me to stop anymore. And now it's time to level up and add another day or two. And nine times out of 10, my clients will come back in the next first couple of weeks and say, this was so easy. I went ahead and added two more days and, you know, now I look forward to it. And, and so, you know, that would be my main suggestion is, yeah. is just create the pause first. And then we can work on what you actually do in that time later, you know? Yeah, so true. And, you know, you, you made a good point there. It's like, don't be so rigid with that. You don't have mm-hmm. to just do one thing for a long time. And I remember I found so much freedom in that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Like this week, my pause, you know, was doing a guided meditation. Maybe for the next three days, it was reading a few pages of a rom-com like I don't know this is always changing but it was carving out that space especially if you are someone who is goal-oriented and you are working towards something you have to balance being productive with rest I mean Mm -hmm. we know this but Mm -hmm. but it is about being intentional and seeing the benefits of rest as they um, contribute to actually you being productive. You know, mm-hmm. we think that they are not productive. Like we think rest is not productive, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just, <laughs> but it's, it's opposite. It is. And it's, it is a performance tool to, to recover mm-hmm. recovery. And you want the science it's out there. Look for it. Recovery increases performance, strategic recovery increases performance. And you know what you made me think of is, and this is something I think all the time. And and before I say this, I'm completely guilty of this as well, is we love to read and write in our field, these articles on do this, do this, here's five things you can do to increase your performance or even to recover. You know, we, we like to be really prescriptive about journal, meditate, eat, hydrate, sleep. You know, we, we give a lot of prescription. I think one of the things that we need to do a better job of as professionals in this industry is teach people how to simply be not do, but be and, and create and and, and create space for that, for to to just be stay in the moment there. No, don't do anything. If you don't need to, like you said, I mean, every week is different for me. So sometimes the best thing I can give myself is laying on the the rug with my dogs surrounding me and just being there for two or three minutes, no expectation. And sometimes it's, I should really keep a journal for a couple of weeks and check in with myself, you know, and those types of things, but, but just carving the space to, to be and decide in the moment what you need. I think we could probably do a better job of sending that message. This is just my personal opinion. I just, you know, I don't see those articles come out as much um, mm-hmm. out there in the industry. So I just well, I think there's something to build on there. The part, the, the point of being and is tied to what you just said, which is like, so that you can decide in the moment what is best for you at that time, mm-hmm. right? It's this present awareness. And if you think about that, it, I think what kind of gets in the way for people to, do that. I know this was my case early on was I didn't have a lot of tools to pull from. Mm-hmm. So when I felt like I needed something first, it was like building the awareness of what do I feel and mm-hmm. what would help me with this? Mm-hmm. And when you get to the second part of what would help me with this, I think there's a lack of tools right now. I will say that we are, we are growing there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The pandemic has helped all of us to take a, a hard look at our wellness and, and really putting wellness at the center of our success. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And if we do that well, which we're 
all trying to contribute and kind of push that along the people who are speaking about this information the way you and I are teaching it. Um, what we're doing is we're trying to give others more access to these tools because there are so many different ones. I mean, I could list probably 20 different things and I may only do one of them today, Mm -hmm. but at least I know when I find myself in, in a moment of stress or deep sadness or whatever that is, the emotion that feels dominating and paralyzing, I at least know I have a toolkit that I can go to and say, all right, what can help me Mm-hmm. get through this or work through this or it, or even hold this space for this mm-hmm. and then come out on the other side. And that's what I hope, like, that's what I see you doing. I, I think it's phenomenal. And one of the craziest ways that I think is just, it blows my mind to think that I know someone who helped to create Thrive Mind. <laughs> and if you all don't know what that is, uh, Through Thrive Global, Ariana Huffington's wellness uh, corporation, she put out this program that was all about our mind. And Lauren (laughs) was incredibly instrumental. She was one of the key players in creating that program. And how fortunate we are like to now that there are different tools out there that we can have access to. What was one of your favorite parts of working on Thrive Mind? So, so... Oh my gosh, girl, so many things. Before I, <laughs> I <know. laughs> before you can give two or I three. <laughs> before I answer that, I want to just back up one second. The reason I love what you're doing, Karen, the stop and shift is because you're putting the emphasis on the stop, you know, just the the pause of, of creating space for that pause. So I just want to say that, that like I love, love, love <laughs> what you're doing out there. Um, because I think a lot of people may I think maybe I think a little differently than you do that. I think a lot of people know what to do. They have tools. They just don't know that they actually have to create that space to stop and think about it. Uh, That's the way that I look at it, or at least from my experience with clients is they don't create the space to do so. So anyway, I love that, as you know, Um, (laughs) but working on Thriving Minds. So that was a partnership between Thrive Global, Stanford Medicine, and Accenture. And there was some incredible research that had come out or was still coming out of Stanford medicine, actually in the mental health world on depression and anxiety. And there was an incredible neuroscientist there by the name of Dr. Leanne Williams. And she essentially discovered that, or not discovered, but validated that um, our brains all show up really differently when we are clinically depressed or have anxiety. Mm-hmm. There are different mm-hmm neural pathways, almost like stuck or short-circuited neural pathways of thought, behavior, and emotion that show up differently for everyone. And why that's so important, of course, is that now we know that if we're all different, she calls them biotypes, and we can prove that and show that on an fMRI imaging scan, we shouldn't be treating depression as a one-size-fits-all when when we're Mm -hmm. talking about treatment. But the, here's where it becomes relevant to us. The, the, the incredible part was she also realized that if we can go upstream and identify those patterns of thought, emotion, and behavior under stress, when we're experiencing negative stress, because you know there's a difference between mm-hmm. positive stress and negative stress, then we can get ahead of it and intervene early. And so the whole course, Starving Mind, was really based on this idea of let's get ahead of it. Let's Let's try to figure out our patterns as individuals, and then we can explore and navigate uh, different 
tools and interventions to managing that stress a little bit more effectively so that we can reduce our risk of having a mental health crisis at, at some point in our life. The, the reason I say all that is because my favorite part of that was, was interacting with Dr. Williams and seeing what she was doing and why and the purpose behind her research and then being able to or giving being given the challenge to translate that into something that the everyday person could connect to and navigate through as a learning experience and and we what we did is we designed it as kind of like a choose your own adventure digital course so that people could go directly to the things that were relevant to them so i loved the experience of building it i think that was my favorite part of you know the whole program and interacting with different um, experts at Stanford Medicine who kind of were like our guest speakers on the digital course. And I'm really proud to say that when they launched it at Accenture, it was March 2020. So right at the start wow. of the pandemic. And I'm just blown away that to date over 200,000 people have enrolled and completed the course, which is just mind-blowing oh to me God. yeah I mean and that's just that one client of, of Thrive Global so it's been humbling to see the need but also the timeliness of it was was really pretty incredible so you know that whole experience was real fun oh my goodness and it is the time like the time is now mm -hmm. right I think now we all not only understand how important it is because we went through that collective grief experience of living through a, a global pandemic mm -hmm. and everybody, everybody's world was rocked. Nobody was immune to it. It doesn't matter what your title was and some more than others, right? Mm -hmm. But but everybody's life was impacted by what we lived through. And because of that, I think it almost leveled the playing field of what we expect from one another because we were going through it in a way that we could empathize much closer than if we hear about somebody going through a hard time as opposed to us actually living through it with them, mm -hmm. you know? And so so a lot of folks, a big um, term coming out was the great resignation as it pertained to, to work. But if I look at it from a holistic point, I think it really was a big reset. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like this, hold on, how are we living? How are we doing things? I think the timeliness of even Thrive Mind, Thriving Mind coming out at the beginning of the pandemic is, mm -hmm. it's one of those... Um, from the alchemist, I mentioned this before, like the positive omens, right? Mm -hmm. The omens that come through and it's like, <laughs> yep, we need this right here, right now. Yes. But, but it is, um, it's just one of so many resources that are out there. I just want to encourage the listeners, you know, keep building your toolkit, keep considering what is going to help you show up as your best and try things on. You know, we talk about toxic positivity, about thinking so much positive, mm -hmm. just be positive. Just, but like, I think there's something to be said about this like toxicity around being healthy mm -hmm. and what being healthy looks like. Just find what works for you, for your mental, for your physical, your, your spiritual health. And it's okay if you have ebbs and flows with that. Um, but look for resources, build your toolbox. I cannot emphasize that enough because that's how you get upstream. That's how you get ahead of it. That's how when stress comes, mm -hmm. as it always will, that's how you stand in that space with confidence because you've built your toolbox ahead of time. Yeah. And just listening to what you need, you know, it, which will shift, like you said, and ebb and flow. And, you know, you said, you said, you know, look out there for resources and what's out there. I mean, one of the great things about your podcast, for example, is we can be really intentional about, um, 
And I tell my clients this all the time, what you see and experience and digest out there on social media, for example, is really going to, going to unintentionally direct your thoughts, your beliefs, you know, Mm -hmm. your values. So follow the people that you trust and that inspire you. Don't hold yourself to any expectations that you're going to emulate them. Just follow, you know, surround yourself with that positivity. I mean, I, you know, this is, this sounds silly, but I make sure even on LinkedIn and Instagram and whatever it is, I'm liking, (laughs) I'm trying to, you know, hack the algorithm. I'm liking and, and, and what, whatnot, all of the accounts that make me feel good because I want to see those more often and commenting on them or sharing them with others. And I think that's, you know, a smart move for you to, to say that, um, to your listeners is, is just make sure you're surrounding yourself with people. Cause I think you're going to, you're going to start to build your toolkit because you're going to see what other people are doing and you can try it on for size and see if it works for you. You know, whether it's keeping a worry journal, exercising, you know, eating healthy, um, meditation, seeing a therapist, you know, what are, what are the things that are really going to work for you? But in order to build that toolkit, surrounding yourself with that and then reducing the amount of, you know, noise out there with, with accounts or people that aren't in alignment with what really matters to you and what your end goals are is probably another, you know, best practice. Yes, absolutely. You want to surround yourself with the things and the people that are going to help you grow. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, that's you and I, that's our our friendship. Like I've, I, I'm intentional about carving time to connect with you. And that's one of the reasons you and a lot of other of my wonderful, amazing female, you know, business owners and friends and thought leaders in the industry is because it is just, it's best practice for me. It's important to me to stay in contact with those people who lift me up and encourage me, but also give me ideas and make me think and challenge me, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that you stand in alignment with and and your magic is helping people to reach their highest potential Mm -hmm. and you do it so well. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be on the sidelines and, and hear some of those stories Um, but we're human, we're all human and we fall off. You and I fall off and we laugh and we call each other. You know, it's just one of those things. We are high achievers, but we fall off. Can you share how you bring yourself back onto track or, or what is your go-to move when you notice that like, man, I'm totally out of alignment right now, or I feel like I'm off track or maybe I'm in a funk, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like, what is a best practice that you lean into that our listeners can take with them? Mm. So just yesterday I was with a group and talking to them about this very thing, these, um, what HPI calls energy vampires, or I think a lot of people call them those build. I try to make it a practice to build awareness or sort of reflect back on what are the things that derail me. So just even having awareness or what are the most common things that derail your day, get you out of alignment with your purpose or your values, um, you know, zap your energy. What are those things? And I, I was just thinking about this yesterday. So it's fresh on my mind. There are two things that can quickly derail me. One is insufficient sleep. I, I simply, I'm just a nightmare to be around. You can ask my husband and boys <laughs> and it derails me as a coach, as a speaker, you know, you, I, I don't, I'm not as focused. I'm not as engaged. I'm not as purposeful the next day. That would be one. 
And the other Wait, one, so now the now inquiry <laughs> minds want to know how much sleep do you need? Oh, well, the 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 <laughs> the bad news is 99% of the global population no matter what needs 7 to 9 hours of quality sleep per night. I mean simply like, absolutely. put. Absolutely. So absolutely. what I have done, my in, my intervening on that, this is just my personal choice is I bought a Whoop uh, watch. I'm wearing it right now. Actually, it's one of the best, most accurate sleep trackers on the market. And I'm doing it because I'm nerdy and I like data and I'm really driven and motivated by it. So I love to see how much I slept within each, mm-hmm. you know, uh, zone and, and, um, you know, those types of things. Anyway, the other thing I do is I'm very protective of bedtime routines and wake time routines, try to keep them consistent. You know, not everybody has the privilege. I'm well aware of being able to do that. So I'm very, I feel very fortunate. I'm not a shift worker. I'm not in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so I'm aware of that. And that's a whole conversation for another day is how do we, how do we get enough sleep when we can't get enough sleep? But that's Mm -hmm. one thing that, that I am very aware of. And so I'm very cognizant and very intentional about that practice. Mm -hmm. The other one is more mental. And that's when I have multiple competing priorities with similar impending deadlines. And I don't know how to triage them effectively. And maybe I don't have enough of a team to delegate to at the time or whatever it might be. When that situation comes up, I can very quickly derail. I I start to get really negative and I have a lot of negative self-talk Imposter syndrome comes in. Why do you, you know, I knew you wouldn't be able to do this. You know, those types of negative thought patterns. I I am aware of that so much now because I journal about it. I reflect about it. I talk with my friends about it that I can catch it more quickly in the moment, but only in that stop and shift, Karen. That is so (laughs) my face just light up. I know, I know. I saw you just smile. And and it's true though, that the more that I'm building awareness of what are those things that quickly derail me, the more I can stop and then create a tool to shift. And so I talk to myself in that moment. I have my go-to affirmations, you know, um, thought patterns, people that I connect with that refuel me and make me feel good delegation practices, you know, people on the team that I can stop and ask for help. So, so that, that, I don't know if that answers your question, but those are just two off the top of my head. But I think to back that up, the important practice isn't necessarily what I do afterward. It was this, the, this pausing beforehand and bringing awareness to what does derail me so that I can design an intervention, you know? Yes. Yes. So good. <laughs> um, stop and shift everybody does it it's just they don't they're not aware of it and so i think that's why i didn't talk about it for so long one of the reasons i didn't talk about it because i'm like no everybody knows how to do this but it gives um it almost gives like a technique like Mm -hmm. a framework like Mm -hmm. so that you can walk yourself through the steps and in doing so you're changing and creating those new neural pathways every time Mm -hmm. that you create a pause and then you choose an intentional action Um, but what is like amazing about this is how you just described your internal growth. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think you realized it, but (laughs) when we're in the gym, right, we can see if we're getting lean or if we're getting bigger, if whatever our goal is, we can see that. So we notice very clearly the growth. Mm -hmm. We can see it. But how do we measure that internal growth? Yeah. And for you, it was the quicker you notice and respond to it in a healthy way. Exactly. I mean, with sleep, for example, I, 
very easy. I can make that numerical. I could see, did I get enough? I can also feel, yeah, I have more energy. I can quantify that with something like, you know, multiple competing priorities, feeling overwhelmed, wanting to run away, negative self-talk. You're exactly right. It's really about how can I close the gap between reaction and response? And how long does this linger with me, this negative feeling or this lack of confidence or bad mood? Like how quickly can I shift away from that? So I do ask my, my private clients, we need to figure out a way to measure this. So what, what's going to help you? Is it an emotion? Is it a thought? Is it a time frame of time that it takes you to shift back into a positive state? Uh, what would that look like for you? So we actually work together to figure out what that measurement looks like for them. That almost like a pulse check. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so because everyone's different, everybody's different. (laughs) Exactly. You know, there's not a one size fits all for something like this. And, and my my reaction to multiple competing priorities, someone else, it fires them up. They get excited about something like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I also don't want to say that this is an energy sucker for everybody. Everybody's completely different in in what derails them out of alignment with showing up at their best. Yes. So true. Oh, well, you know, Lauren, gosh, we could talk (laughs) for hours. We could literally talk for hours, but I just want to, I just want to wrap up with this thought. Um, we go into our days and and I know our listeners who are here, you know, you're here because you want to learn from people who are successful. I hope that you just heard from Lauren that yes, while we are building our version of success, we're also still learning on the journey. Mm -hmm. So if you could leave one golden nugget with our listeners, what would you leave them with? Mm. What would I leave them with? I, I think I would leave them with this you are enough right now in the moment, you're going to be okay. And it is yes. And forever it's, it's not either, or this is not a black and white journey. This is, you can, um, you can be a, a, a hot mess and feel derailed, you know, 30% of your week. And you can also be a high performing, successful individual. There's not a finish line to this where suddenly you wake up one day and say, you know what, I have it all figured out and, (laughs) and things are just going to go up from here. It's just not that kind of journey. Again, going back to the nothing's linear, right? we can be, we can be both things at once. We can, we can be both things at once. So I, I hope that answers your question, but that's, that would be the, <laughs> that's the thing that resonated with me the most when I was on this journey in the beginning. And so I'm, 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 I'm very content with not being perfect and not being finished, you know, becoming my best self. Yes. Which goes back to what you said, said earlier, it's like, it's about being, you know, it's not about mm-hmm. getting to a state of completion it's not about having all these prescriptive ways to get uh, to set and achieve a goal. It is about being, and there is so mm-hmm. much freedom in that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much for spending time with You're us welcome. today. Wishing you so much love for your continued growth and success. Thank you, friend. This has been In the Details. If you like the show, tell a friend. For more shows like this, go to success.com slash podcast. 